Hey, Remar nurses. It is Monday, so you know what time it is. We are going to be talking about arterial blood gas interpretation today, and we're going to do some practice questions based off of this topic. This is how we bring in every Monday here at remarnurse.com. If it's your first time joining me, my name is Regina Callian, MSNRN, and I'm happy to be here to talk about arterial blood gases. You guys know it's something that I do go over in my NCLEX review program because I think it is it is so important for you to understand this concept if you intend to be a nurse practicing on a unit. So arterial blood gases, I won't hold you any longer. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. So with arterial blood gases, we understand that with this concept, it is an interpretation of the oxygenation of your patient. So arterial blood gas interpretation will indicate if a client's injury or disease process is impairing oxygenation or affecting the body's acid-base balance, acid-base balance, yes. And so ABGs are the primary method for evaluating oxygenation, ventilation, and acid bases, right? And so anytime a patient has alterations in their normal breathing or kidney function, you're going to see changes in their pH balance and their oxygen, right, as well. So the, the metabolism, the normal metabolism is also going to be affected, is also going to be affected. Okay, good day, everybody. Come on in. This is the live class. I'm happy to have you here. Haiti in the house, <laughs> Kenya, Philippines. I just love it. I want to take a time to just thank all of my international nurses that join in at whatever time of day. When you guys get that alert, you know it's time for class. So go ahead and click the subscribe button if you are not an active follower of the channel, YouTube channel. Okay, so um, why... Why, what are the clinical indications for drawing an arterial blood gas? What are the clinical indications for drawing an arterial blood gas? If your patient, if you are working as a nurse, okay, and your patient has a change in their level of consciousness, you need to check on them. If the patient is beginning to have difficulty breathing, a change in their respiratory status, or even if their blood pressure is low, then we would want to consider getting or suggesting to the doctor for an arterial blood gas. Does it make sense? Because again, that arterial blood gas is going to tell us a lot about the oxygenation and the ventilation of our patients. It's also going to give us insight into what the kidneys are having to do. Now, the arterial blood gas, if you have your quick facts book, there is a section on arterial blood gases and what to draw and how, where to draw the arterial blood gases from. But my next generation concept or my idea to point out to you guys is that there is a non-invasive substitute for an arterial blood gas. Non-invasive means I don't have to get a needle into the artery to draw 
this um, substitute so it's non-invasive. All right. Shout out to nurse Adiolu. Did I say that right? She says, good afternoon, Regina. I passed my NCLEX last week. Thank God. Thank And you for teaching and the resources, you are the best. A lot of you want to have this same testimony. And I believe that that is your portion for sure. And so I just wanted to say congratulations to you. We're all here because we want to get our nursing license fast. We want to get the, the information that we need very quickly. We want to be able to move past this part of our journey and actually get into the actual nursing field. So your testimony on today and coming back here, finding us in class is going to be a great motivation to us all that in fact, this can be done. So I'm asking what would be a quick non-invasive non-invasive substitute for an arterial blood gas for your NCLEX exam? What other what other tests could you do that will tell you the same information? Remember, we want to know the oxygenation of our patient. What's the oxygenation status of our patient? We want to know it. What is something I can go ahead and grab? Ah, I don't see you telling me what we can grab, but I do see you tagging your favorite nursing student or your classmates. So that's that's going to be a great substitute. Go ahead and do that. Let everybody know that we are talking about. And in, in about two or three minutes, I'm going to give you the easiest way to do arterial blood gases. It's my favorite way to teach. Um, and it is, I think, a huge you know, I usually don't do hacks to the NCLEX or testing strategies, but this one is one of them that I really enjoy. Absolutely. Great job. So I asked the question, what is the point or what is a quick non-invasive substitute for an arterial blood gas? What is a quick non-invasive substitute? And that is going to be, of course, the pulse ox. If you don't have the time, the resources, the capacity, the order to do an arterial blood gas, but you want to know the oxygenation of your patient, you can go ahead and do a bum, 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 pulse ox reading. And that will let you know what the current oxygenation of your patient is. Very good. That's next gen thinking right there. Okay, let's move on from the clinical indications of an arterial blood gas to just the components of it. All right. The components of an arterial blood gas are going to be your pH, your PaCO2, your bicarb, your PaO2, and your base excess. Now, you guys know, for the way I do NCLEX, you'll need to know all of this stuff to calculate the arterial blood gas. But I did want to, I did want to acknowledge the components that you may learn in nursing school, um, you know, if you want to learn the long form of interpreting arterial blood gases. So you will see the pH and this is the potential of the hydrogen ions. This is a measure of the overall concentration of the hydrogen ions. The normal range for pH that you must memorize is 7.35 to what? 7.45. Yes, yes, yes. 7.35 to 7.45. So anything below that 7.35 is what type of condition? Is it alkalosis or acidosis? If we're talking about below 7.35. Um, and so if you understand, if you are following me right now, if these numbers are formulating in your mind, you're like, ah, I remember this from nursing school. 7.35 is... Um, 7.35 is going to be 
the acidosis, right? Um, and then 7.45 is going to be alkalosis, alkalosis. All right. Um, partial pressure of arterial carbon dioxide. This is the PACO2. You see CO, so you think carbon dioxide here. And this is just what is in the blood plasma, the carbon dioxide in the blood plasma. So that's 35 to 45. Bicarb, um, bicarb normal is 22 to 26. All right, 22 to 26. I think I had probably saw a reference value where it was to 28. Um, but for my, keep 26 at your highest. I'll go back and change that. Okay, 22 to 26 for this. Some laboratory reference ranges will extend the bicarb to 28. Um, and so when we're studying for NCLEX, and I think NCLEX does this too, they make accommodations for different reference ranges. So when you're taking your NCLEX exam and you get an abnormal, it will be extremely abnormal. So like that, you know, potassium level will be, you know, 5.2 or the calcium level will be six. NCLEX takes into account that some numbers are slightly off when it comes to laboratory normals. All right. PaO2, this is the partial pressure of arterial oxygen. The partial pressure measures the oxygen in the plasma. So the plasma plays an important role in determining your oxygenation of your patient. And plasma is a part of blood, okay? So it has here 80 to 100. Base excess, you guys know, I don't use this typically when I'm doing arterial blood gas interpretations, but it's good to know that this is just an indication of the total base of the body. And so that range can be negative two to positive two, negative two to positive two. Okay. Um, so my steps to interpreting an arterial blood gas are super simple. And um, I use the Rome method, but I want to start here with just reviewing reviewing the pH and the bicarb. That's all I want to do. Okay. So we're looking at the pH. That should be the first thing that you identify circle when respiratory therapy hands you, you know, the strip or you get the lab results results in your um, electronic chart. However, they give it to you. They may write it down on a piece of paper. I don't know. However, they hand it to you. The first thing you want to identify is your patient's pH because we know the normal range is what? 7.35 to 7.45. So if my client's pH is less than 7.35, then I know they have some sort of acidosis. I don't know what specific type of acidosis yet, but I know that it's acidosis, right? Hello, we get that part. And when my patient's pH is above 7.45, I know they have some sort of alkalosis. And guess what? If you know that as a nursing student, you're halfway there. You can, you can X out half of the answer items the NCLEX is going to give you. You already putting yourself in position for a 50% chance to pass. And that's amazing. That's an amazing, amazing start. So if you know just even that little bit, you got it. Okay. So then the next part, yes, that's it. That's it. Then the next part is the bicarb. I do want you to look at the bicarb, okay? And that's just the HCO3. 
So you got to know the pH and you got to know the bicarb. The normal range for bicarb that I want you to know is 22 to 26. Okay, stick with that. Because if the number is below 22, that means there's not enough bicarb. If it is above 26, there's too much bicarb. Now, normally that's like, uh, what exactly does that mean? Don't worry about it. We're going to be looking at these two numbers, the pH and the bicarb together. So I never want you to look at the bicarb by itself, really. We're always comparing it to what the pH is doing. Okay, so pH and bicarb. Now we're going to be looking at if the bicarb and the pH are going in an opposite direction. Okay. So when the direction of the pH matches the direction of the bicarb, then we know that the patient is having a metabolic condition. And so you may be like, okay, I'm lost here. What do you mean? Are they going in the opposite or same direction? That just basically means if the pH is going down and the bicarb is going up, then they're going in what? Equal or opposite directions. If the pH is going down and the bicarb is going up, then that means they're going in opposite directions, okay? All right, now when the pH is going down, and the bicarb is also going down, then they're going in equal or the same direction, okay? So the direction of these two numbers is significant to tell you, hey, what is happening, all right? It's significant to tell you if the patient is having a metabolic or respiratory condition, all right? So let's just try to do some practice. I like to talk about the acronym ROME, and ROME is R-O-M-E, and that stands for respiratory, a opposite direction, metabolic, a equal direction, okay? <laughs> so some of you already know. If my pH is 7.32, is that going up or down? If the pH is 7.32, now remember, we know a normal pH is 7.35, to 7.45, so 7.32, is that up or down? Absolutely, that's going to be down, 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 down. Now, the bicarb here is 33. Is that up or is that down? The bicarb here is 33. Is that up or is that down? Remember I said 22 to 26. 22 to 26 will help you get through these fast, all right? So this is 33, so this is going up. So are these going in a opposite direction or an equal direction, okay? So if the pH is down and the bicarb is up, then they're going in opposite directions. And remember, Rome stands for respiratory opposite metabolic equal. So I know that this is a opposite. I know that this is a respiratory condition, right? This is a respiratory condition. It's not metabolic. Now, I just need to know, is this respiratory alkalosis or respiratory acidosis? Once I know that, I've solved the problem, right? So this is a respiratory condition because they're going in opposite directions. And then I'm looking at the pH and it's 7.32. Is that acidosis or alkalosis? Mm. This is respiratory what? respiratory 
acidosis. Yes, 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 yes. Good job. So they're going in the opposite direction. See my arrows, check my arrows. This is a respiratory condition. And I look at the pH is telling me it's respiratory acidosis. Good job. All right. So you can essentially not look at the PA, uh, CO2, not look at the bicarb access, not look at the PaO2 for NCLEX. Um, just look at these two values and you'll be able to interpret your blood gas and get it right and get it right. Okay. You'll be able to get it right for NCLEX. Let's do another one. We have here the, um, the pH is seven point. Thanks Liz for your encouragement. <laughs> All right. I like that Liz. Thank you. The pH is 7.48. Oh man. And the bicarb is 36. So we got to work out the directions here. Okay. pH is it up or down. Bicarb is it up or down. Okay. That's the stops. All right. Um, let's start there. pH 7.48. That's going in the up direction. The bicarb that is going in also in up direction, two ups. So are they opposite? Is this a respiratory problem or a metabolic problem? That's what we need to start with. Always start there. Is it respiratory or is it metabolic? Okay. What do you think? It's definitely two ups. Is it equal direction? This is a metabolic condition. Now, now that we know that, look at the pH and tell me, is it alkalosis or acidosis? See, some of you may be uh, just learning this for the first time. And so you're struggling to try to forget all the other steps that you were taught. Okay. Some of you know the tic-tac-toe method. I've seen that or the long form method. So uh, this may be new to you, but I want you to try it. Give it a try. Okay. And then if it doesn't work for you, you can go back. But here we're all about doing things the easiest and the simplest way to pass NCLEX. So these are both going, the pH and the bicarb are both going up. So it's an equal direction. So it's a metabolic condition. And we are going to look at the pH and say, well, pH is 7.48. That's not acidosis. That's alkalosis. So this indeed, a lot of you have it. Most of you have it. This is metabolic alkalosis. Good job. Okay. All right. Whew. We got through that. <laughs> All right. Good job, guys. All right. So um, I'm not really sure what my next slide is here. Let's see where I'm going to take this. Ah, okay. Uh, so in general, this is, I'm sorry. These are some common conditions for the creation of metabolic acidosis, respiratory alkalosis. Okay. So respiratory acidosis, you're going to have some airway obstruction, patients with asthma, uh, COPD, lung diseases, some central nervous system depressions. So this is uh, going to decrease the breathing rate and that's going to increase the acidosis condition, right? Um, I do have another way where you can interpret blood gas interpretations just by the diagnosis, but we, we're not going to do that today. We're just going to focus on the numbers. So we're going to just focus on that. We're going to master that first. Respiratory alkalosis, some conditions are stimulation of the central nervous system where you're breathing a bit faster. Check it out. So when you're breathing fast, it's an alkalosis. When you're breathing slow, it's acidosis. Okay. 
Um, and so fast would be, you know, um, pulmonary edema makes you breathe faster. Pulmonary embolism makes you breathe faster. So you're going to have that condition. Um, metabolic alkalosis. Ah, what would cause a release of acid um, into the body where you're not producing enough acid, right? Or it's being taken away. Gastric suctioning will do that. Vomiting will do that. Heart failure, liver cirrhosis. Ah, mm-hmm. And then an increase in acidosis conditions, you have your intoxications from any kind of alcohol, diabetic ketoacidosis, that makes sense as a metabolic condition. And if you have any kind of aspirin-like insets, intoxications, okay? All right. Oh, now it seems like it's time for us to do our questions. Okay, guys, are you ready? Now, when we do our NCLEX questions, they will be focused on arterial blood gases this week. We'll have four questions that I will give you, and we have an opportunity to unlock our bonus, our bonus question. And so... I'm going to kick it to YouTube because YouTube has just been getting us here, <laughs> being able to unlock the bonus questions. So let me see how many people are watching from YouTube right now. I'll look on my phone. We have 245 people watching on YouTube right now, and we have 38 likes. So we need to unlock, we need to unlock our bonus question by getting to 118 likes. That's it. So we have 242. We got to get to 118 likes. Can we do it? Let's see if we can do that by the fourth question. Here's our first question, guys. All right. Question number one. Mr. Lou, a 36-year-old with a history of COPD, was rushed to the ED due to shortness of breath. Measurement of arterial blood gas shows a pH... 7.32, PaCO2 of 68, bicarb of 30, PaO2 of 80. How would you interpret this? Ah, okay. How would you interpret this? Go ahead, remember the tricks that we just learned with Rome. Remember the trick that we just learned with Rome and let's get into it. Let's get into it. Now, I hope that we are all on one accord here. A lot of people are picking one, respiratory acidosis. I hope that I'm right here. I'm going to expose the answer to you guys. And it is respiratory acidosis. Wow. If you can get four out of five of these today, you got it. You absolutely got it. So again, if you're just joining us, we learned the Rome method. So the ABG value, that pH is 7.32 and that bicarb is above, um, I'm sorry, that bicarb, not above 45. The bicarb is above 26. So it's considered a respiratory issue. And again, this is respiratory acidosis. All right. Let's look at the next problem here. Question number two. Mr. Smith is admitted in the pulmonary unit due to pulmonary emboli. 
Measurement of the arterial blood gas shows a pH of 7.46, PaCO2 of 16, bicarb of 29, PaO2 of 81. How are we going to interpret this? And if you're using the Rome method, guys, you should be able to do this in under a minute, which is going to be extremely helpful if you are taking next-gen NCLEX because you may need more time to read the actual case studies, okay? You may need more time to read the actual case studies. So the correct answer here, a lot of people are picking three. Um, let's see. The correct answer here is indeed three. You have the pH going up. And remember, guys, the pH is going up and the bicarb is also going up here. Okay, so it's a metabolic condition. It's a metabolic condition. And let's go back to it. And the pH is 7.47. So that is metabolic alkalosis. Okay. Number four, I'm sorry, question number three. All right, question number three. Mr. Sonder is admitted to the hospital due to asthma. Mm -hmm. Measurement of the arterial blood gas shows a pH of 7.30, PaCO2 of 51, bicarb of 28, and the PaO2 of 82. How are we going to interpret this? Okay. All right. Um, and... I'm expecting you guys to be able to figure this one out. If this is your first time studying arterial blood gases because you're in nursing school, you haven't learned it yet, or you have learned it, but you didn't learn it this way, I do suggest that you consider taking my full NCLEX review because this is a subject that should not take you longer than about five minutes to master. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we have that pH going down. That bicarb is an uptrend. So we have opposite here. Um, let's see what the answer reveals. Respiratory acidosis. Respiratory acidosis. Very good. Very, very good, guys. You came to class today and some of you, hey, you learned something new. We have, um, we have one more question. Let's see if we made it to our... Our share goal, I think it was, oh, we're just 13 away. We're just 13 away from our share goal. So if you haven't liked the video on the YouTube channel, this is the opportunity. And yeah, the topic is easy um, during this presentation, especially if you learned it this way in nursing school or if you've taken my review and you learned this way for me. But I assure you, there are some people here who are going to have to watch this video several times to get it because they didn't learn it this way. And so they're relearning something different and new. All right, oh, what happened here? There we go, okay. Moving on, let's do the next question here. This is our final question today, unless we make the share goal, let's see. Um, Miss Camberton is admitted to the hospital due to excessive vomiting. Measurement of heart arterial, uh, blood gas shows pH of 7.49, PaCO2 of 36, all right. Um, the bicarb is 29 and the PaO2 is 85. How would you go ahead and interpret this? Guys, what would you, what would you say? Is this respiratory acidosis, metabolic 
acidosis, respiratory alkalosis, or metabolic alkalosis. And to see you guys getting these so quickly is so encouraging to me. <laughs> so encouraging. That means that you are understanding, you are picking up what I'm dropping down today. Correct answer. We could do these all day. You guys would be very, very proficient in them. It is indeed for metabolic alkalosis. Woo! Good job. Good job. All right. And just announcement, we did work together and we have our share goals. Here we have 124 likes on this video. Thank you guys so much. You have indeed unlocked the bonus question for today. The bonus question has been unlocked. Yay, congratulations, y'all did it. It is this, question number five. Mr. Blanchett is admitted to the hospital due to diabetic ketoacidosis. The measurement of the ABG shows a pH of 7.29. PaCO2 34, bicarb 19, PaO2 is 81. We're only looking at two numbers here. There's only two numbers that we truly are concerned with. Mm -mm -mm. pH and bicarb. And go ahead and put that answer on the screen. This may be the last time that you comment for today. Make sure that it is the right answer. The time is right now to put the right answer on the screen. And the correct answer is number two, okay? But because I see some people picking number four, I want you to go back and watch this video, okay? Do me a favor, go back and watch this video because the pH and the bicarb are going in the same direction. So this is a metabolic condition and that pH is indicative of a patient who is in acidosis, patient who is in acidosis. So very, very much so, these are the types of NCLEX questions that you can expect on your NCLEX RN exam. Now, I'll give you another clue. If you're not taking NCLEX RN and you're taking NCLEX PN, you still need to know this information. There is an influx of practical nurses. Um, I think I have about a thousand practical nurses in my NCLEX review right now. And it is because people are understanding that if I'm taking NCLEX PN, I absolutely still need to know NCLEX RN material. Now, I know it may not sound like it makes a lot of sense right now, but the truth of the matter is, if you are a practical nurse, you still have to do follow-up teaching. And so that means the concepts of medication administration, the concepts of um, when not to give a medication, interpreting things, all right, um, they are also, also going to be important for the practical nurse. Um, Dupsy, Dupsy, you make a great point. On your NCLEX exam, um, there are some questions without the numbers. And it is very difficult to figure those out. That's absolutely true. NCLEX will say, well, your patient has stage four stomach cancer. What is the blood gas interpretation for that? And then how do you do it? Because you can't use the wrong method. I'll tell you this, take my NCLEX review because I have an even simpler way for you to get those right. You should be able to give me the blood gas interpretation if your patient um, is dehydrated. 
All right. There's a blood gas interpretation for that. If your patient has um, tuberculosis, there's a blood gas interpretation for that. If your patient is um, in the second trimester of pregnancy, right? So all of these things, all of these components are necessary in order to get a passing score on your NCLEX exam. So arterial blood gases have been served to you. I like to transition into the second part of our Monday class, which is Monday motivation. And our Monday motivation is essentially this, the idea that change is inevitable for many, many days now. We have been looking forward to the change of the NCLEX exam. We know the next generation NCLEX is coming, 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 and there's no stopping it at this point. And we should kind of expect a change to take place. NCLEX is not a fixed exam. It has had several different makeovers. It has had several different um, additions and subtractions and iterations of the questions that nursing students along the years have gotten. So we are definitely expecting this change to happen. But in your own life, many people, many of us are afraid of changes right? Many people of, are afraid of changes. And so there are different types of changes that we all experience, right? Like physical changes, lifestyle changes, behavioral changes. Um, when you got into nursing school, when you got into nursing school, what were the lifestyle changes that you had to do? For most of us, when we got into nursing school, hey, when our friends were going out on the weekends, you know, either they were going to the movies, going out to eat, going to restaurants, that was out for us. It was a lifestyle change to get into nursing school. You could not go out on the weekends when you got 20 chapters to read, right? You got a pharmacology test in the morning. And so people may have looked at your life and said, wow, you've changed, right? Your behavioral changes. When you, <laughs> when you got into nursing school, you started to take naps, okay? If you had never took naps before all through high school, when you got into nursing school, you had to take a nap because your brain was so tired after your nursing classes, the midday, right? Um, there are some things that you did in nursing school that you, you know, your, your behavior changed. You no longer watch television because you didn't have time for it. You no longer got your nails done because what was the point? Like couldn't get your nails done during clinicals. Your whole wardrobe changed because most of the time you were more worried about your scrubs being ironed than if you had true religion jeans or whatever kind of jeans people. I mean, for me, true religion was big in high in college, whatever. So changes that you've already had to adjust to modify your life to because you wanted to be a nurse. All right. That really doesn't that really doesn't stop after NCLEX. When you get into nursing, man, the lifestyle changes continue throughout your journey. You know, my sister, she is um, she's she's an LPN and she just um, she is working night shift and she sent me a message like, hey, you know, have you started your diet? Are you starting your diet? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm doing it very loosely. And she's like, I'm eating at night more than ever. And I'm like, oh yeah, because you work night shift. And that's just what happens. You turn into a raccoon. 
Like when you work night shift as a nurse, people don't know this, but you literally leave your human mind and you turn into a raccoon, which means that during the night you begin to eat all this trash. Like you just eat garbage all night long because you're, you should be sleeping, but you're not, you're up. So chips, you're drinking all this soda, you you eating Snickers, just garbage all night shift, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And so it's really hard for you um, to overcome those temptations during the night. So it's true. We have these behavioral changes that, that take place during our nursing journey. Um, so, you know, if you were going to ask me if I like changes, I would say definitely. If changes are for your good, I don't see anything wrong with change. I am all about change. I don't know. Am I the only one or are there people out here that really are okay with change, right? You're just okay with it, especially if change is going to benefit you in some way. In fact, I believe, and this is my experience that I'm seeing with you guys, change allows us to move forward in life and experience new and exciting things. When you come on here and you give your testimonial, hey, I passed NCLEX, guess what? That means you about to unlock a whole new cheat code, a whole new level to your life. All right. Your life is going to be pushed into a new situation that previously you didn't have access to. Even right now, when you come to class and you learn something new, you're a changed person because now you have new knowledge. You have a new skill. You have more confidence. Like that's what you should be getting up and looking forward to every single time we come to this class together. And particularly on Mondays, because Mondays get a bad rap. Like most people are like, oh, the weekend is over. It's Monday. But we have to take a new approach to that. Our approach has to be, oh, this is a new day that the Lord has made. Like I have never seen this Monday before. It is a gift to me. How can I take advantage of the time that I have? And so that's the mentality that we have on Monday. You know, you don't really have to worry about NCLEX changing or um, any other changes that come because you get to choose how you're going to look at it, okay? You can still pass your NCLEX whether it's changing or not. Um, this is, I, I ate a lot last week <laughs> while preparing. Yes, 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 it's true, it's true, it's true. So, I mean- the, the idea is that no matter if anything is changing, you get to choose the way you look at it. And it reminds me, it honestly reminds me of um, a, a Bible verse in, um, in Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy 30, 19. Deuteronomy 30, 19. And it says, um, you know, I, I set before you life and death. Like, so God is saying, I set before you life and death. Choose life. So it's like, yes. You have your day and you may not be able to, you know, you may not be able to, to do the choices. I mean, the, you know, the options in front of you, good or bad things that happen to you, but you can choose the direction you want to go in. You can choose how you want to look at things. You can choose the actions that you take in order to have a different experience, right? Um, and so that is the goal for this week. We understand that change is inevitable, the change is coming, right? The change for NCLEX is coming. The test that you're going to have to take is inevitable, but you can certainly choose the way you look at it. You can choose how you take on this week. Are you going to get discouraged at the first challenge that comes 
in your way? Are you going to give up again, right? Are you going to set yourself back? Because every day you give up, you postpone something out like six months, right? Um, and for and that, that's for my repeat test takers who are watching this yet another Monday, but not really taking steps to move forward, choosing not to move forward and do something about it. Um, and, and, I, and when I was trying to create the V2 for you guys, I was getting so discouraged because I was just getting tired of doing the same things over and over again, right? Tired of it. But every day I would set my alarm for like 10 minutes and I would find that if I did the 10 minutes, then I could do 20 minutes. If I did, you know, the 10 minutes, I could do 15 minutes. And so it was just making the choice to do something, to choose to do something, no matter how small it was, like 10 minutes is not long. If you could set an alarm to do 10 minutes, I bet you once you get started, and you don't allow your brain to talk you out of doing it, you can go for a lot longer. So change is coming, but you have the choice on how you want to approach it. All right. Nursing is not going to be easy. Every single day, you're going to meet a challenge, whether it's your patient assignment, whether having to be able to work and not really have all the supplies that you need and you'll have to get creative, whether you're going to Think that you're going to have help with your nurse's aide, but then your nurse's aide gets busy doing their own thing. They don't help you. Like these are little challenges that you're going to face. And you know what prepares you for those days? This. NCLEX. Like those are the things that are going to prepare you for the challenges of being a real life nurse. And, and that's what is going to keep everybody safe. That's what's going to keep everybody safe. Okay. So um, I just want to encourage you guys to continue to rock on, continue to be amazing. All of you guys who are in the process of preparing for NCLEX, like I said, V2 is there. We created a better NCLEX experience for you guys, a better NCLEX review. You get your lectures, your question bank, and your computer adaptive testing all in one now. So, so excited for you guys to get this next gen NCLEX stuff faster. I want you guys to get it fast, fast, fast and, and be able to pass your test. We've already spent so much time. We already spent so much time um, just waiting and wasting. And But 2023, we got to get it done. Um, so definitely these are the three things you'll need. Trust God, trust yourself, get Remar V2. If you could do those three steps, you could do those three steps. I promise you, you will have so much more clarity and understanding. I'll be praying for you guys for sure. Most of you are testing soon that are watching this. The time is coming. So do something about it, guys. And I will see you on the inside of V2. I'll see you on the inside of V2. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe to it because I will be doing a winning Wednesday. And when you get the bell notification, know that I'm on. All right. Know that I'm on and I'm preparing another class for you guys. So happy Monday again. Take advantage of it. This is a new Monday you have never seen before. So remember, you can, you will, and you must pass NCLEX. See you later.